0: you for your precious word this morning, and we thank you for your kindness, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace that is so freely given, so unending. We are thankful for who you are, thankful for what you've done, thankful for what you are doing currently in our lives, in the lives of the church, in the lives of this nation, We thank You, Lord, for this great country. We thank You for the nation of South Africa. We thank You for Your purpose. We thank You for Your God-given destiny to this nation. And we lift up our leaders. We lift up those in authority. And we return thanks and praise to You. And as we come to Your Word, Lord, this morning, we thank You as we ask... In the name of the Lord Jesus, for a fresh understanding of your word, we pray for eyes that see, ears that hear, a heart that understands your word, and we give you thanks and praise for it. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your help this morning. As I put myself out there, trust that you will give me utterance to share the truth of your word, and we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Most of you know that since last year, at the end of last year, I have been on a journey, a spiritual journey of searching and discovering, as I was challenged by a particular verse of Scripture from the book of Exodus, chapter 33, where Moses, on the top of the mountain, having a private, intimate conversation with the Lord, he utters a plea, uh, uh, a plea that arose from his heart, asking God to show him his glory. And here is a man who has seen so much of the presence, the might, the power, the glory of God, and he has witnessed a demonstration of great power and great glory from God, yet his heart continued to hunger and thirst for more of God, more of His presence, more of His glory. So he utters this plea, and it was not a casual request. It was a heart cry. Lord, show me your glory. And I have discovered that one of the prerequisites of having God reveal His manifested glory and presence and power is that there has to be a divine hunger, a longing and a thirsting in our soul for more of God. No matter what you and I have witnessed, experienced, in the Lord, there is always so much more to God than what we know, than what we have seen, what we have experienced. The Word of the Lord says that He satisfies the longing soul, and He fills with His goodness the hungry heart. God can only satisfy those who long for Him. He can only fill a vessel that is hungry for God. It was Jesus who said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. He gave a promise not to everyone, but only to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So if we are not hungering after God, if we're not thirsting, If we we don't have this, this divine longing within our souls that longs after God, God is not going to give us any more or show us any more or manifest His presence or glory any more than what we have already experienced. Would you say amen to that? Because God is a gentleman. He can only take us as far as we want to go. Amen? And we can have of God as much as we want. God does not determine how much we receive from Him. We determine that. We determine how much we receive of God and how, how, how can I put it, how far we go with Him on this journey of faith. Amen? And the good news about it, before I get into my message, I'd like to share this with you because it's going to lay a foundation on what I want to share with you. The good news is that when you and I got born again, the Father has deposited within us a divine longing or a divine hunger for the things of the Spirit. It's there. It is in our spirits. No one who has been born of God, genuinely born of God, does not hunger for God. I recall the day when I got born again. In the early days, in the early weeks, in the early months, all I could think about, all I was thirsting for is I wanted to know this God who rescued and delivered me from the power of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of His dear Son. I devoured the Bible. I devoured every book that I could find that would help me to get to know this God who saved me. I had no other desire but just to know the Lord. But what happens in the process of time, that is why We don't have to ask for more hunger. Hunger is there. What we need to do is to protect and guard that divine hunger from the contamination of the influence of this present world. That is why Jesus said, The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering into the heart, choke. The very life of God, the very hunger of God, and the things and the desire for the things of the Spirit. What you and I need to do is to guard, nourish, and protect the hunger that God has already put in our spirits. That is why Jesus said, Why do you worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear? All of these things the Gentiles seek after. They worry, they strive because they have no father to provide for them. What Jesus was saying to us, he was warning us that if we spend our time worrying about our lives, what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear, where we're going to go, how we're going to do it, if we spend all of our time worrying this worry, will contaminate and diminish the very hunger of God within your soul. It's our responsibility to protect that. Amen? The desire for other things. The deceitfulness of riches, Jesus said. Entering in. And you and I have to stand guard over our minds and over our hearts in order to protect to nourish and to cultivate that hunger that is already within our spirits. And this is where many, many believers are at this present time. The the demands that life places upon us, the cares of this world, the worries, the desire for other things, the deceitfulness of riches, they're coming in. There are such demands placed upon us. And if we're not careful, these cares will choke the very Word of God, the very life of God, the very resilience within your spirit, and the things of the Spirit will grow distant. It's it's an effort to come to church. It will be an effort to read the Word of God. It will be an effort for you to pray, not a joy. Why? Because you have focused and put your attention on other things other than the Word of God. The Word of the Lord says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, we are made and created in such a way that whatever we focus on, Whatever we pay attention to, our heart becomes sensitive to. Whatever we neglect to pay attention to, whatever we neglect to focus on, our hearts become hardened towards. So if you, if you and I spend all of our time worrying, if you and I spend all of our time thinking about ourselves, thinking about what we're going to do, what we're going to sell, what we're going to buy, how we're going to make ends meet, about your job, and you allow that thing to take central focus, then your heart would become hard towards the things of God and the things of the Spirit. And be honest with you, this is where most of the church is. We do not guard our hearts. We do not guard our minds. But the book of Proverbs says, chapter 4, verse 20, my son... My daughter, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Keep them. Let not your eyes depart from my word. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Because they're life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. There has to be a decision made, a quality decision. That we will give priority. And we will put first things first. And that is God's word and God's will for our lives. Jesus said, seek ye first. What? The kingdom. What does it mean to seek the kingdom? That means you seek the interests of the kingdom of God first. And his righteousness. In other words, doing what is right in his side, and all of these things, I'm going to add them to you. The things which the world strives for, lies, steals, worries about, kills themselves to obtain, he said, I will add them to you. The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and it adds no sorrow to it. When God blesses you, there is no sorrow in that blessing. But if you're trying to get those things by striving, by warring, by stealing, by lying, by doing what the world does, then that, that riches, the things that you gain, has inbuilt in them destruction, sorrow, and pain. God is not against riches and wealth for, for his people, but he's against riches and wealth possessing us. Amen? The word of the Lord says, The love of money is the root of all evil, which some have coveted and pursued, have departed from the faith, and pierced themselves with many sorrows. What are you after? What are you seeking? I believe that a healthy believer, one who is healthy spiritually and mentally, will naturally reproduce after his kind. It's not an effort for a healthy believer, one who is joyful in the Lord, one who is excited about his salvation, to share the love of God with someone else. It comes naturally. Pastor doesn't have to stand up and say, hey, you need to share your faith. You need to evangelize. No. That comes from within. A desire from within. Why? Because the love of God is in you, and that love within you will naturally gravitate you to someone else to share that good news, to share the love of God, and to tell them what a great salvation the Lord has wrought in your life. I recall when I got born again, man, my conversion was dramatic. One day I was in darkness, and the next day I came into the light. It was not a gradual thing. It was a dramatic experience, a change that has come over me overnight. And when I got born again and was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the first thing that I sensed, that I felt, is that I could love the entire world. And naturally, no one told me to do it. That love that I've, that I've received began to guide me to my friends. To the, to the Greek people that I knew, that I fellowship with, that I was with every day, sharing and witnessing about what happened to me and about the love of God. You know, some of them received salvation. Others were healed from a certain death. God raised them up. Dreams and visions began to come to me in the night. Why? Evidence of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. When was the last time you had a dream or a vision or a prophetic word? When was the last time you had this desire to go and share the love of God with someone? To witness about what God is doing in your life. pastor stands up and he says, anyone has a testimony? Everybody keeps quiet. I had a testimony, but I didn't want to be the one who's going to share that testimony. Is God doing anything in your life? Is He moving within your spirit? Is there evidence that your faith is alive and well? Are you excited about the Lord Jesus? Are you excited about your great salvation? If you are ex- what? what would have happened if you won on the lottery two million rand? What would you do? You would broadcast it everywhere and tell all your friends and probably bless them also. Wouldn't you? Why? Folks, we need to come to the place where spiritual things and the things of God mean more to us than the things of this natural world, where your salvation means so much to you that you are excited to share it with everyone. Amen? I mean, look at our church. Look at all these empty seats. Do you think it's up to the pastor to bring people to church? Shepherds do not produce sheep. you know that? Have you ever heard of a shepherd having sheep? No. Sheep reproduce after the kind. Are you a sheep? hello, sorry if I'm stepping on your toes this morning, but I want us to come to a realization. How excited am I about my salvation? How excited am I about the things of the Spirit? Is coming to church a delight? You know what? If you're happy with your church, you will be happy to bring others to church. But if you're not happy, just get up. It's my duty. I have to go because if I don't go, Pastor is not going to see me there and he's going to be on my case. I want to stir your faith up this morning. I wasn't intending to preach on this. But I said to the Lord, I'm going to put myself out here this morning and I'm not going to use any notes, even though I have my notes. I'm going to put, I I want to start ministering, Lord, without notes anymore. Because I want you to speak from my heart, not what I prepared two days ago. And I said to the Lord, I'm going to put myself there and I'm going to trust you to minister through me to your people. Folks, we need to wake up. We need to really spiritually wake up. As the book of Romans says, now it is high time. That we awake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Jesus is coming back soon. And is coming back for a bride that is so in love with Him and so excited about God, about the things of God, about the things of the Spirit. That's all they can talk about. That's all they can think about. That's all they can meditate on. Don't allow this world to enslave you. Don't allow the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, to entangle you where you become unfruitful in the kingdom of God. This is the biggest battle I fought as a young believer being in the retail business. This was one battle that really I struggled with, but I won by the grace of God. I won it. I was in a community that all they thought about was making money. Our friends, our relatives, our my brother-in-laws, all of them. That's all they thought about. That's all they talked about. Whenever we sat at dinner, this was the conversation. And here is the odd one out. Born of the Spirit, heretic. The influence of that community was all about making money. Friends of ours had two, two stores, three stores in the same town. Man, I fought a battle. The temptation was so strong to divert and to go that way. And I could always remember the Spirit reminding me of the Word of God. Paul writing to Timothy saying, Son, no one who goes to war, entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him as a soldier. I fought a battle. Many believers do not realize how dangerous, they're ignorant, and how deceptive this worldly influence of mammon. And because they do not realize how deceptive it is, how dangerous it is, they leave themselves wide open to it. They are swept away. They are entangled and in bondage to that mammon spirit. What do you think that causes you to worry about tomorrow, to worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, about your natural life? It is the mammon spirit behind it. And unless you resist and unless you put up a fight, it's going to control you. That doesn't mean you're not saved. That doesn't mean when you die you're not going to go and be with Jesus. But what it means is that you will become unfruitful in the things of the kingdom. You will have nothing to show for it. That's what Jesus said. The sower sows the word. And he talks about the four different types of soil. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The Word of God is the incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever. When you put that seed in your heart, and you look after it, and you nurture it, and you weed your heart out of these worldly contaminations, it will bear fruit. One of the categories says Jesus said that some of them fell among thorns. What are the thorns? The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Amen. I want to make you aware of this so that you can redirect And realign your heart. Many have been kicked out of alignment because of it. Distractions. That's how the enemy works. He doesn't sleep. You sleep and I sleep, but he never sleeps. While men slept, the word says, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. It's while we sleep When we're not sober, we're not vigilant. Peter says, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walk around seeking whom he may devour. That's what he's after. He's after the word you received. Amen? So you need to be sober, you need to be vigilant. You need to be alert and awakened in the Spirit so that you know what's going on in the Spirit, not just in the natural. Amen? This is a real danger. And the Lord wants you and I to be fruitful. To be fruitful believers. To bear fruit and that our fruit may remain to the glory of God. What are we going to do about it? Next week we're going to come. Let's see who has a testimony next week. Michael is going to stand up again and say, "Anybody wants has has a testimony to share? What has God done for you? Eh? Has he done anything, or has he gone to sleep?" great, you'll give it as soon as I it. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. I have a testimony. It was while I was overseas, I had a dream. God speaks to me in dreams often. I walked into a room, and there was a young man who was paralyzed. He sat on his bottom, and he couldn't get up. I went over to him, I prayed for him in the name of Jesus, and I commanded him to stand up and walk. He, all of a sudden, seemed to have grown legs. He stood up on his feet, and he began to walk around, and he was completely healed. I thought, wow, I wonder what that means. That's a great miracle. The first thing that came into my mind when I woke from the dream was, wow, Lord, that is a great miracle. Well, I didn't know what it was for. Come to find out, a young man whom we know started a new job. And because he was new at this job, away from his parents, all on his own, he panicked. Fear came all over him and he could not get himself up, get dressed and go to work. So he called his mom in tears, crying. And the mother on the other side, crying. Both of them. And as I'm listening to this, the interpretation came to mind. That's the dream you saw. Fear paralyzed him. He couldn't get up. He couldn't get dressed. He couldn't go to work. He panicked. I grabbed the phone from the mother, and I began to address that spirit of fear. In a few minutes, he was all fine. Folks, if we only realize... The power that resides within us in the name of Jesus and the authority that God has given us in the name of the Lord Jesus, and begin to use that authority. Opportunities are given to you every single day. If you are open and available, you're going to see them and recognize them. You hear somebody complaining of sickness at work, what do you do? Do you tell him, Have you tried this doctor? Have you tried this medication? We we so easily send people somewhere else, you know, shrinking our responsibilities. The church has not answered the needs of the people today. All we preach sometimes is salvation, being born again. And yet the Lord has given us this authority To lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. A friend, a colleague at work has a problem. What do you say? He's depressed. What do you say to him? How do you minister to him? Do you you send him to a psychiatrist? I'm reminded of the disciples. Here is a great need, following Jesus. Crowds, thousands of people following the Lord for three days. They're hungry, they're tired, they weary. And the Lord says to them, I feel for the people. They're going to faint with hunger. And um, you give them to eat. And what did the disciples do? <laughs> they want to send them somewhere else to go to the shops, you know, go and buy. Lord. Where are we going to find all this money to feed all these thousands of people? And Jesus said, you give them to eat. Do you know that within you, within your spirit, you have the solution to every problem? You have the power and the authority to deal with any situation in the name of Jesus. It's time we wake up and take that authority in the name of Jesus and begin to use it against the devil. Jesus said, cast him out wherever you find him. Amen. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Do you really believe that? If we did, we would be doing it. But what we have most of the time is just hidden knowledge. Yeah, I know the Word of God says that, Pastor, but... We're fearful. We fear rejection. What are they going to think about us? It's time we rise. And it's time we take our place in the kingdom. Amen? That is our vision, our mission. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. As you go out this morning, have this on the forefront of your mind all week. Who am I going to bless this week? In whom am I going to sow seed, incorruptible seed? Who am I going to pray for this week? Who am I going to invite to church this week? I'm going to make it my mission and I'm going to succeed in it. Are you with me? Let's stand. Father, thank You so much for Your precious Word. Thank You for all the grace, all of the authority, all of the power that You've given us in the name of Jesus. And thank You for giving us opportunities this week to put them into practice. The things that we learn, the things that we receive, to communicate and to share and exercise our faith in every sphere of life. Not just for ourselves, Lord, but for those around us, especially those who are searching, especially those who are crying out for answers. And we thank you for it.